Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Locked On Texans. I am your Locked On Texans football analyst, John Some Sports Guy Hickman. And on the other side of this is Coach Radamus, right? <laughs> I mean, just last week, my boy Cody Davis, who I love doing the show with, predicted whether it was Alex Smith or Tyrod Taylor would be the Houston Texans next quarterback. And Tyrod Taylor did get that up to $12.5 million contract. So cannot wait to dive into that. But, but of course I'm bringing you locked on Texans along with my boy. Cody Davis. And please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. And please be sure to subscribe to locked on Texans on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And if you are listening to locked on Texans on Apple podcasts, by any chance, please be sure to leave us a five star review. So we're going to get things started recapping day two of legal tampering where the Texans signed Terrence Mitchell, AJ Moore, Derek Rivers, and of course, Tyrod Taylor. And I actually wanted to take the first segment and talk about actually being a little bit surprised that Nick Casario wanted to retain AJ Moore. However, with the news surrounding Tyrod Taylor, and of course, what does that mean for the Houston Texans? And especially given the ongoing drama with Deshaun Watson, we have to talk about that first. Then later on in the show, we're going to continue assessing their fit with the Houston Texans when we take a look at Malik Collins and Kevin Pierre Lewis. How do they fit with the Houston Texans and what are we expecting from them in 2021? Then to wrap up the show, ladies and gentlemen, John and I, we have to take it there. Yesterday marked the one year anniversary of the trade that we can possibly say ruined this organization, which is, of course, the trade of David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. So we're going to just touch on that, what we thought about the trade in hindsight back then, and just looking back on it and seeing how terrible it was. Of course, it was terrible then, but it's 10 times worse even now. But of course, we're going to start with the biggest news of the day surrounding the signing of Tyrod Taylor. Day two of free agency was a little bit quieter to say the least, especially given the fact that this is a team who signed a total of 10 free agents on Monday. But given the news that the Texans had signed Taylor, that is when things started to explode. The Texans came to an agreement to sign Taylor for a deal worth up to $12.5 million. The deal that he signed is a little bit similar to the deal that Cam Newton has right now in New England. And you're talking about a contract that is basically award-based driven to where if he reaches these type of milestones, he's going to have a pay raise. And when you take a look at the situation that's going on here in Houston, especially considering the fact that they might have to trade their franchise quarterback into Sean Watson, you're looking at a situation where Tyrod Taylor might be in a position where he could either A, see little to no snaps, just like A.J. McCarron, if Deshaun Watson decides to play the 2021 season, or he might be in a position where he's going to be under center for every single game for the Houston Texans. Now, look, he can actually make up to $12.5 million, but a little bit of his contract details came out. And as of right now, if 
this man doesn't do anything for the Houston Texans. He could make less than $6 million. So, John and listeners, I'm pretty sure you guys might have a sigh of relief. But at the end of the day, when you take a look at Tyrod Taylor, and of course, this is a guy that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago who could be a potential signee for the Texans, given that they needed to give some thoughts on who they bring in as a backup quarterback. It makes total sense. First and foremost, he gets an opportunity to reunite with David Culley, who was actually his quarterback coach during the 2017 season, which was Taylor's last season with the Buffalo Bills. And that season under Culley, he had one of his best seasons of his career, where he recorded 2,799 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, and recorded a PFF grade of 80. Secondly, Taylor might have been the most realistic and the best option for the Houston Texans, given their situation right now. When you take a look at the quarterback market in free agency, can you guys name me a better backup quarterback for the Houston Texans, not named Tyrod Taylor? I understand when you take a look at the market in total, you can easily say Cam Newton. You can easily say Jameis Winston. But at the end of the day, why would those guys leave the organization that they are with right now, sign with the Houston Texans, knowing that at any moment, if Deshaun Watson say, you know what? I want to suit up and play for the Texans one more time in 2021. They're going to be in the same situation that AJ McCarron has been over the past two years, where if only something tragic happened to Deshaun Watson on the field, that is the only time you're going to see time under center. And then last but not least, look, Tyrod Taylor fits the mold that Nick Casario is doing for this free agency class. He is finding these low to mid-tier players, not spending too much money on them, giving them those one, sometimes two-year prove-it deals to see how competitive they can actually make the Houston Texans in 2021. And besides, John and listeners, with nearly every single one of these trades and with nearly every single one of these signings that I'm seeing the Texans make, there is a pattern that I'm starting to sense. And that's Nick Casario bringing in guys that either he or David Culley are familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. Take a look at this. You know, Culley spent time with Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor spent time with Pep Hamilton in L.A. Uh, And I said this yesterday. Casario is doing an amazing job of making his coaching staff comfortable by accommodating their needs, right? They signed Mark Ingram. Over the weekend, they signed Tyrod Taylor to a $12.5 million deal. A lot of that does have to do with incentives. Casario is just doing a great job of finding players that make sense for what these coaches want to do. If we look at the press conference from Thursday, Cully is big on having everybody on on the same page. And so is Casario, especially with his Patriot background. So everybody has to be on the same page. And, And to do that, You're going to need players at every position on every unit that has some type of background with these coaches. And so I love it. But let me say this. The writing is clearly on the wall, right? Understand this. Tyrod Taylor is not getting a contract worth up to $12.5 million million if they don't understand, if they're not preparing themselves for life beyond Deshaun Watson. And, you know, honestly, I look at this decision as a smart move. He's not the most mobile anymore when he first came into the league, spending some time with the Baltimore Ravens, but he still is a little bit mobile. He's a, he's a quarterback that is serviceable. And, Cody, as you mentioned, 
um, a few shows ago, he would be a good bridge quarterback, right? And so look at his time in L.A., you know, was able to give some type of game to Justin Heber, but I thought Justin Heber was going to be the starter by week five anyways. But just so happened a botched uh, doctor's visit from the Chargers facility turned week five into week one. Um, but it makes sense. It just makes sense to bring him in here. He's going to be able to fit what I believe Pep Hamilton wants to get done with the, uh, with the quarterbacks, what David Culley wants to get done with the quarterbacks. And check this out. You're not signing Mark Ingram and David Johnson, and you're not prioritizing having receivers uh, on this team if you are not looking towards transitioning from that explosive Tim Kelly offense we saw last year led by Deshaun Watson to a more ground game, try to eat up the clock and allow our defense to win games type of offense. And a lot of fans may not want to hear that, but when you do not have – um, when you do not have Deshaun Watson on your team, then you're going to have to change the way you attack games on Sundays or Mondays and Thursday or Saturday or two. So I like the signing because they're really preparing themselves to move on from Deshaun Watson. Just like Cody and I, mainly Cody, about the Tyrod Taylor situation. My boy called that one. But just like we've been telling you about how Houston is preparing themselves for life without Deshaun Watson and that bringing in a quarterback because Watson was only the quarter, the only quarterback under contract bringing in the quarterback for this next season was very important. We've also been telling you about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of the bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will be the best tasting protein bar. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, get more of the news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to continue our series of assessing their fit with the Houston Texans as we take a look at the newcomers that the Houston Texans have brought in so far this offseason and see what can we expect from them for this upcoming 2021 season. And John, let me be the first one to say this. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, I would not be surprised if he ends up being one of, if not the best signing for the Houston Texans this offseason. And for those of you who do not know who Pierre Lewis is, he is a linebacker who spent last season with the Washington football team and had his best season of his career. He appeared in a career-best 13 games, recording a career-best 56 tackles, had a sack and a fumble in the process. And the reason why I'm so intrigued by Pierre Lewis's signing is because he is the type of linebacker that I wanted to see the Houston Texans sign. And that is a linebacker who can actually drop back and play coverage, which is something that is going to be extremely huge because with Lovey Smith, now the Texans defensive coordinator, I am pretty sure we're going to see a lot of that Tampa 2 defense, which means they're going to need a linebacker who excels in pass coverage. 
Pierre Lewis played a total of 256 snaps in coverage and ended the season with a PFF grade of 38.9. And that would have made him arguably the best pass coverage linebacker for the Houston Texans in 2020. And having a linebacker who can actually be pretty solid in the pass coverage is actually something that the Texans linebacking core really struggled with during the 2020 season. And it kind of went unnoticed because there were a plethora of problems with the Houston Texans defense you take a look at the defensive line they could not stop a nosebleed you take a look at the secondaries they was giving up everything but a nosebleed and when you talk about the problems that the Texans had in pass coverage some of it not all of it but some of it had to do with the fact that the Texans did not have a solid linebacker who can step in and fill that need and even given the near Pro Bowl performance that Zach Cunningham had last season, even he struggled in pass coverage. John, I remember that was by far your biggest pet peeve when you was talking about Cunningham throughout the 2020 season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Zach Cunningham going back to the right outside linebacker. This previous season, he played inside linebacker, especially with Bernard McKinney going down. And his flaws really showed. Um, Kevin Pierre-Lewis would be much more suited for that middle linebacker position. And the thing is, in a 4-3 defense, I think Zach Cunningham may actually thrive a little bit more because if they drop back and cover two, he's going to be the right outside linebacker. He won't have to worry about the deep third through the middle of the field when linebackers drop back. He would only have to worry about uh, the slants and curls. So that's going to be between six to 10 yards, maybe, maybe 10. I mean, that's the initial, like a slant route and a curl is going to be between five to seven yards. And I, do I trust him to have better coverage skills between that compared to what we saw last season? I, I hope he does. But I think Kevin Pierre Lewis is a great addition to this team. Um, I hate it because I don't believe that we will see Terrell Adams next season. Uh, and that's the reality of the situation, but he is great at covering. He's great at covering linebackers. He is great at zone coverage. And, and that's something that Zach Cunningham struggled with heavily, but I love the addition of Malik Collins, not the Malik Collins that we saw last season, but the Malik Collins of the Dallas Cowboys, where in four years he had 14 and a half stacks, uh, he will be a 4-3 defensive tackle. So we may see him at that three position, especially considering Houston tendered P.J. Hall. So I think he'll be back next season. The reason why I like Malik Collins, I said it on Locked On now, because it's a one-year deal, right? So Houston is not tied to him beyond this season. It is worth $6 million. I think he will give Houston a bang for their buck. You got to remember, man, when he was in Dallas, those good years with Dallas, the talent around him allowed him to play a little bit more freely, and he was able to make more plays, especially when Jalen Smith was healthy, especially when Vander Esch was on the field and he was healthy. And then you have those two bookends in Dallas. Do, does Houston have two bookends? No, but I think the comparison – I'm sorry, I think – Comparing him with Shaq Lawson, Charles Omanehu, who I believe will have a bigger year in his third year. And I'm very curious to see what Lovey Smith and this defense does with Jacob Martin. Because um, I think he can he should be able to get some valuable playing time. Whitney Merciless is also another uh, guy on this on this defense that is being phased out. 
We understand you got that big money last season from Bill O'Brien, but we, we just can't do it. That is why I'm okay with Houston signing a lot of linebackers because they're really replacing the guys that didn't do a good job last season outside of Terrell Adams. But I love Malik Collins to Houston, pairing him with Shaq Lawson, P.J. Hall. And overall, this is something that I definitely want to mention. Malik Collins, P.J. Hall, uh, now Shaq Lawson, you know, these guys will be able to allow the Houston Texans to take their time developing Ross Blacklock and Jonathan Grenard. They don't have to be thrown out there because of injuries. Uh, Houston has a good depth now. I think that the competition, which is something that Nick Casario and David Cully spoke on, how they want guys to be competitive, how they want people to make each other better. I think for two second-year players who did not have the ideal rookie year because of the COVID virus, because Bill O'Brien and the, the hack job he did, I think that'll do wonders for them. They're going to be going against great pros, guys that have been on their second, third contract, right? And, and that's going to be good for those two young bucks to get their feet a little bit more planted in the NFL. I love Malik Collins. Cody, I love Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Um, I think that the addition to these players – offensively is going to do this team wonders. I really do. This year, Nick Casario is putting together a team to help the Texans. Last year, Bill O'Brien made a terrible move that hurt the Texans, not just in 2020, but look like they hurt them for the future as well. And to wrap up the show, we're going to discuss the one-year anniversary of DeAndre Hopkins' trade that sent him to Arizona in exchange for David Johnson. But first, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The football season might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's always free to sign up. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts with promo code locked on. Yesterday marked the one year anniversary of the trade that sent DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona in exchange for David Johnson and a second round pick. And ladies and gentlemen, as you know, if you still follow DeAndre Hopkins on Twitter, Every single chance he gets, he decides to throw shots at the Houston Texans. And it's kind of funny that we're looking back on this one year later because at the time of the trade, look, we was all shocked. We was all angry and we was all just like, what the hell are the Houston Texans thinking? The most logical sense behind this trade that at the time I could point out was, okay, we know Deshaun Watson is up for a huge contract extension. And at the time, DeAndre Hopkins wanted a new contract extension. You trade him, you free up more money, you gave Watson his contract extension. And for a moment, for just a split second, I truly believe that the Texans were going to be okay when they made the signings of guys like Randall Cobb, you brought in Brandon Cooks. I only thought they was going to be okay for a split second because I just remember listening to Bill O'Brien talking about how the Texans now have multiple guys who can fill in the role that DeAndre Hopkins provided this team. 
And just like everything Bill O'Brien said, that was a big, bold-faced lie. And not only did we see the regression in this team following the trade, but it also, you can say, was the starting point of this organization pissing off Deshaun Watson, and it's part of the reason why they are in this position that they are in today. Yeah, this organization is uh, one of, you know, let me say this. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't the trade that was the, I think it was the last straw trade, right? But it was one of those trades that was a part of the ripple effect of just bad decisions. I am happy for DeAndre Hopkins. However, I was about to say, let it go, but don't let it go. Keep doing it, right? I mean, like, keep doing it. I hope you make it to the playoffs next season with the Arizona Cardinals um, simply because the shots that he's taking isn't at this current regime. And I think Cody and I and listeners, you, we all can agree that this organization that is being led in the first 60 days of Nick Casario's arrival, we, I like this. I like what's going on. They're being smart, and he's really undoing a lot of the bad decisions that were made before him. Outside of the fact that Jack Easterby is still around this team in any capacity, I like what they're doing. And so it's not at who's running the show now, but it's still taking, he's still taking shots at Cal McNair. He's still taking shots at Jack Easterby. When they were running the show, they ended up 4-12, and 12 and nobody wanted to watch this team. But it's crazy that we only got a second-round pick for and And that second-round pick turned out to be a rookie who could not play last season. Bad management, man. Bad management. I, I tell you what, though, we are recording this super late on a Tuesday night. And I do want to talk about the fact that <laughs> Tony Busby, Cal McNair's neighbor, was was Bob McNair's lawyer, now has a lawsuit against Deshaun Watson uh, claiming that he uh, acted in some type of sexual misconduct. Deshaun Watson immediately posted on his social media page that these allegations are false and that that same lawyer um, who's claiming that this isn't about money reached out to him about a six-figure settlement that Deshaun Watson rejected. So on tomorrow's episode, hopefully some more information about this will come out. I think that the hiring of Tyrod Taylor and now, and now this news coming out, they are going to do a very good job. And I've said this before. They're going to do a very good job of painting him as the villain. For what reason? Maybe it'll work in their favor and teams will kind of back away from him. However, Antonio Brown just won a Super Bowl. So I'm pretty sure teams will reach out to the Texans steal for a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. So that's something that we can't really discuss right now we are just still waiting for more information to come out and once it does we'll be able to discuss it furthermore i'm johnson sports guy hickman follow us on twitter at locked on texans and like us on facebook and follow me on twitter at some sports guy and as always i'm your host cody davis please remember to follow me on twitter at cody davis underscore 24 once again that's cody c-o-t-y d-a-v-i-s underscore 24 and ladies and gentlemen once again please subscribe to locked on texans on all your favorite podcast streaming services and if you are listening to this podcast on apple Podcasts by any chance please be sure to leave us a five-star review until next time ladies and gentlemen peace
You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.